people you've talked about it with, but it's really uh, pretty amazing to see Facebook comments from all over the world, people saying, oh, this is, this is incredible. I had this exact problem and you solved it. I mean, that, that's the outcome you're hoping for, obviously, but there's just no way to know until you put it out there in the world. And uh, it's really, you know, very gratifying to see that. And it's also just exciting for, for the future, you know. All right, so some people who might not know us, let's do some quick introductions. My name is Vic Dougal. I'm an independent consultant. I'm a venture capitalist. I spent a venture partner with NextGen Venture Partners. And I had the good fortune of meeting Sky through a, friend, a mutual friend of ours and a client of mine while I was living in Santa Barbara. And we just happened to have a bunch of conversations about life and purpose and what you should do. And Sky reached back out to me when they had already done some work on Hitch and had a bigger vision for the, the offering. And so I'm super excited to, to grab time with you guys because we've spent time, a lot of time over the last year, at least an hour a week, walking through various things related to go-to-market. So that's kind of what, what I've been doing. And I'm super excited for others to hear about, you know, Remaker Labs and Hitch and the challenger brand that you guys are creating in the market. So that's a little bit about me. Sky, why don't you take a minute or two to give a little bit of background on yourself? And, and David, you can do the same. Sure. So I, I have kind of an unconventional story. I was a photojournalist for seven years, worked internationally for some news agencies, came back when I was 30 from living overseas, got kind of randomly involved in startups, was very excited about storytelling and mission and a lot of things that I was bringing from the experience I had in storytelling and journalism and nonprofit work there too. And over the years was able to work on product development, marketing, content, all kinds of stuff. Ended up founding two startup companies, one of which is still doing pretty well. Pretty well. And then got into consulting with different brands. My sort of real underground passion is for sustainability and social business. And got very interested in circular economy and material science and all these interesting things going on with that. So really focused my energies there. And then about a year or so ago, I was really excited about some of the new stuff you could do with social business and was looking for something more meaningful to do outside of consulting and had this kind of idea for something which was became Hitch of, of a problem that I wanted to solve, which we'll talk about later. But that's a little bit about me. So, hi. My name is David Silverander. This guy's business partner. Sky and I know each other because our wives are best friends. So it's, uh, we've known each other for years. And as he started working on this, we were talking. My background, I started off in finance, working in uh, product management, finance technology. So very, very different space, creating things, but not, not physical, tangible things. And then I spent a lot of years trading and, and working in various capacities in relation to the market, which is a great passion of mine. But also, I think maybe like Sky found with some of his work, it's, you know, really intellectually engaging, but ultimately just not something that felt like I was really building something for the long term or, or really something that I was super passionate about on kind of an emotional level. And through, you know, various life opportunities, I ended up in a manufacturing company in my last job. I was the CEO of a running apparel company. So I kind of saw a manufacturing business grow from inside. And it's actually really cool to have a tangible physical product out there in the world and, and customers. And I grew up in high school working retail. So I just really have a lot of passion for that interaction with, with customers and, and building that audience. And so yeah, I've been working, working with Sky on this for the last year. 
and it's been really fun and it's great to have it out there in the world, you know, and Vic, you've been instrumental in helping us continue refining the vision and then talk through challenges and uh, challenge us to, you know, push our thinking forward. So it's been really a fun journey to be on with you. All right. So let's, let's start with two big questions that I've gotten. One, I think a lot of people have this misconception that this is just one, a one product thing, a one trick pony, and there's something bigger behind it. So let's, let's share the vision. And with that, maybe you can tie in how this started because there was a lot of work that was put into place before I met the two of you. And so maybe you can share a little bit of the backstory, the origin story, and then tie that into the bigger vision that you have. Yeah, we'd, we'd love to start there. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll touch on the, the bigger vision up front. You know, one of the, the challenges that we, we saw was that, you know, there's a lot of interest in the culture where we are, at least in California, and I know in some other places, to move away from single use and from disposables to like having reusable things for carrying food or drink or your goods, and, you know, using those things to, to be more sustainable. In general, the problem we had with is that you just have to carry a lot of reusables around. <laughs> and that's just takes up space. And a lot of them are janky or poorly made or not even sustainable themselves. And, you know, they don't fit together as like beautiful objects that you want to take with you. So it, everything just felt kind of messy. And we thought, wait, you know, what if we could create a brand where all the reusables you carried were really smartly designed to be space efficient, were beautifully like designed to be something you'd want to hold and show people and, you know, would all kind of match and be part of like a set. Right. And we just couldn't find other brands that did that in the outdoor space. There's some stuff, but it's very outdoorsy. And so we had this idea for what we call conscious carry, which is like be conscious of how you carry things and that they should all be sustainable or contribute to sustainability and be beautiful and be smart in how they work. So that was kind of the larger vision. And as part of that, the one problem that really stuck out to us in our own lives that we both had was this, this issue with the reusable cups. You know, the coffee shops are always trying to get you to bring your own cup and giving you a discount or, you know, you're being told, well, you know, these disposable cups are bad. But then like the reality is that, you know, you have to carry this cup around now and I'm already carrying my water bottle because I've always carried that and my, my messenger bag and my laptop and my charger and my AirPods and the, all this stuff. And the cup is just like, feels extraneous. So I never brought it or forget it at home or I didn't want to deal with it. So I just would go to the coffee shop and use a paper cup. And this was just like constantly happening. And I was kind of frustrated by that. I figured someone must have invented something cool that could like make it easier to carry. So I looked at like these collapsible cups, thermoses, you know, where the cup's on top and they all kind of suck. Like in some way or another, they're either, they either leak or they're not insulated or it just makes the, the water bottle hard to use. There just wasn't anything great. And, you know, I just felt like the cup and the bottle brands I had were so different. They it just clanged in my bag. I was like, there's got to be a better way to do this. And so the, that was like the first problem I thought uh, would be great to solve because there was an opportunity there. And so sketched out some early ideas on paper for the arrangement of the bottle and cup, which is what hitches today. Surprised that no one had done that before. Did a quick patent search, found out that there was nothing. and then. Talked to David, my friend here, who we were just having like a beer, I think, and just talking. And I kind of talked about, hey, like there, there could be something here, you know? 
and we, he, he got really excited about it. And then we really, we really pushed it. So that was like at that stage, a kind of napkin sketch, you know, early idea. And, and so that's where it all started. Yeah, I remember sharing the idea with me and was asking me, you know, kind of what I and before, before I really, the, the concept, I could tell it was something he was really passionate about. And that's what I recall saying. It's like, well, I'm passionate about, there, there's something there, you know, and, and as we talked more, really the passion grew and, and we saw that this is something we can do in a way that we want to invest the time in to, you know, to make it something great. I remember, David, I think it was you, it might have been within the first few months of me working with you guys. I remember you asked me, you know, when did you, when did you know that, you know, when did you think that this would be something you'd want to be involved in? And I was like, when I had asked Sky, hey, what about the consulting stuff? And Sky was like, I'm nixing it. I'm not doing it. And there's this idea, right, that if you, you know, storm the island and burn the boats, that you're just going to give it everything. And yep. those early few weeks when we work together, you know, one of the reasons I don't like to advise a lot of companies is because you end up showing up every quarter or every month and you tell the same war stories and then you come back the next month or the next quarter and nothing has changed. And there was so much happening so quickly every week and, and you guys honestly drove it that I was like, wow, like if they're going to put in this much effort, then I'm willing to give this a go. And even for me, as I had kind of seen and heard some of the research and looked at the deck that you guys had provided, I was able to connect some dots, but I don't think any of us could have predicted what happened in the last month and especially like what's happening in the world, right? But like with the campaign, what happened in the last month, I think a lot of things sped up and there was a lot of eyeballs and attention on things around saving the planet. And now you're gonna go into a coffee shop, coffee shop and there's gonna be a segment of the population that may not want to take cup that someone else has touched like they're going to want to bring their own thing so there's a lot of things that were happening on the utility side but also i mean how many comments have we received on just the design right how to put this together and what this looked like and i remember that first meeting you had shown me a prototype what was that prototype made out of what was that made out of the very first one that you guys showed me that you pulled out of this like bag that you were keeping secret at the time? i think that was like on john, was that on john's like cheap 3d printer like five hundred dollar printer. <laughs> I think it was the black one, maybe the kind of stealth uh, Darth Vader version. That oh, one maybe that one. one. Yeah, we had some. Yeah. We yeah yeah we had some really simple early ones for sure. So let's. So this is obviously bigger than a bottle. There's clearly this idea of conscious carry happening. Let's. You know, there's a lot of people that are interested. There's a lot of people out there that are very inspired by this. Right. They're gonna go out and make their own thing it's a very odd time to go do something. But before we get into like what got you through a lot of your own hurdles, maybe you can give us a little bit of chronology on, you know, once you had this idea and we all met, have, like talk to us about like kind of overview of product, the evolution of the product. You know, a lot of people commented to me and they're like, wow, you guys didn't even do an MVP. You just came out with it. So I think they're unclear as to the process. Right. And so. You guys were very thoughtful about the process. You were experimenting a lot on the product side and how we were going to go to market. And so maybe you can divide and conquer on this and share what kind of the overview of the last year and, and how this all evolved and came together. Like yeah. everything from like, let's talk about fund, the fundraise, some of the challenges with the fundraise, why you stuck to your guns, 
building the email list, the product evolution, the surveys, showing people, talking to people. Let, let's go through that a little bit. Maybe I'll touch on the product and survey stuff. And David, if you want to talk about fundraising and sure. team stuff like that. So we followed pretty much a lean startup mentality on this. It wasn't like we just had an idea and threw it on Kickstarter. Like we started with early prototypes. We talked to our friends, got feedback, then did a survey, right? So try to understand the problem and solution uh, and the customer and then built a better prototype uh, that really was more functional. Uh, similar arrangement, but you know, a little more high fidelity. Show that to more people, got more validation, got some learnings, refined it, refined that prototype, got a really good prototype with a lot of those inputs in it, and then did a, uh, a pre-launch kind of campaign where we put ads on Facebook and Instagram, showing the product, talking about what it did. And we got a ton of interest. Like a lot of people were clicking going, this is great. We surveyed that list of people, got a lot of responses on that, really validated that we were onto something, you know, got some feedback on what people were looking for in certain feature areas and stuff like that. So by the time we launched it, you know, we felt pretty good about, about the, the set of features and the, the, you know, some of the other aspects of the product. And then we learned all, along the way about what refinements we needed to make. Through that process, we were doing real engineering work with an engineering partner, some DFM, you know, really getting this thing to the point where like it was viable and feasible, you know, getting a head start on some manufacturing, which David can talk about. And, you know, we got to the Kickstarter with, you know, something that was not a, you know, MVP one kind of idea. So that's how we got here. David, what do you want to add? Well, yeah, I mean, I think on, on all fronts, you know, audience building, fundraising, it's kind of, you know, you see the campaign in a week, it's doing successful. It's kind of a, an overnight success a year in the making, you know, and in every way, we've just invested a lot of time into building the audience. I, Kickstarter is an interesting kind of subset of e-commerce, you know, where there are a lot of opportunities, but you have to really understand what's different about Kickstarter versus just, you know, kind of throwing up a, a direct to consumer website where you can expect to get your product in two days. And how can you really, you know, resonate with the Kickstarter community and be um, appealing to the people because obviously you're going to bring in your own audience ideally, but you're also going to just benefit from the people who are on Kickstarter all the time. And there's this amazing community of backers who are some people literally back hundreds of projects because they're interested in supporting founders and they're interested in trying new things. So you know, a lot of, a lot of work went into how do you, how do you make it the best possible uh, campaign for, for Kickstarter? And then one, you know, fact about Kickstarter is you, to get a great result like we're having, uh, it's really important to get off to a strong start. And that's not really possible unless you build up an audience beforehand. So like Sky was touching on, we put a lot of time and, and effort into building up a mailing list, essentially, which was super valuable to us at launch. And then also great, like he was saying, because you get people early on who are interested in the product and you can ask them, hey, what do you think about this? And, you know, understand what exactly they're interested in. So if it seems like we skipped the MVP, it's because that all happened, you know, in iterations privately, essentially. Let's, let's talk about something that I think a lot of people are thinking about, which is, was there any, were there any one or two things that gave you a leg up like you don't, you don't just go out there. There aren't books and novels on how to launch on Kickstarter, or there's a lot of content about how to launch on Kickstarter. It's not all applicable always. 
how did you go about understanding the mechanics of Kickstarter? And then, and, and how did you go about like knowing how to iterate? Like what, what were you looking, what were you looking for? Well, in regards to Kickstarter, I mean, the, the biggest thing I've learned from doing startups is, you know, you don't know what you don't know and you have to find people that, that have the knowledge and are, are willing to support and teach you. So we got an advisor really early who uh, is a seasoned product engineer, John, who's also been involved in multiple successful Kickstarter campaigns and understands the mechanics and understands the landscape, the steps involved, the potential partners, the, a lot of the different moving parts. And I was like, okay, we need this guy on our team. You know, he's going to support us in that. So that was number one. I didn't want to fly blind. You can get all the knowledge and you want from reading the internet, uh, basically. And 10,000. You, you did both, you know. right? I mean, you, you yes, unpacked yeah. a lot of these, like how many Kickstarters did you go and like really reverse engineer? I, mean, I did teardowns on a hundred Kickstarters, understanding, especially things like how to build the story out on the Kickstarter page. Like it's a little bit different than a website, right? Cause it's just one long page and you need to touch on all these things. So that, that, that was a really learn, big learning experience. But the mechanics of how to do a great campaign uh, was really about finding people that are knowledgeable and experienced to join us and then just filling ourselves with knowledge. And then also realizing we're gonna need some, some other partners to help out along the way, so. And, and David, like yep. you had run in an apparel brand and you had done a lot on the back end with like supply chain and logistics and understanding all that. What, how did you go about on the, the mailing list? Like where do, you, where do you even start there? Yeah, I mean, Facebook is, is an amazing tool for, for building an audience at this time. You know, there are paid opportunities, there are organic opportunities that you can put on there to basically put messages in front of audiences that you think are gonna be receptive to your product. You know, we spent a lot of time thinking about who would like Hitch and why would they like it and how could we talk to them about that? And then, you know, you can test those messages on Facebook. We also did a cool thing. Once people sign up for this, they refer other people and uh, we kind of introduced our, our plan in the program where if you're to sign up for our mailing list, we would plant a tree because we got enough people up or, or take files out of the ocean knew he is saying hey here's a ten dollar discount but we also knew it would attract the kind of people that we uh thought would really resonate with this mission that we had of, of making a climate positive company you know how many do you know how many trees you guys planted do you know uh don't quote us well, over three thousand right now yes okay. roughly yeah. and over a quarter million bottles out of the ocean and and including the campaign, we haven't today. even moved a product yet, and we've already done that. Yeah, yeah, phenomenal. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about like which pick. We don't want to go into too many, but pick like one or two challenges you each like faced during the last year that you feel like would be valuable to share that you overcome, like either together or personally. Well, just for for context to the whole discussion about you know burning the boats and taking the island. When Sky and I had that conversation in the bar just over a year ago, both of our wives were pregnant with our first children. Sky's wife with twins, mine with our son Milo. So I think becoming new parents has been the background challenge for all of this. And anyone who has kids knows that's a wild journey. So uh, just to give that context, but I'll, I'll let Sky chime in on, on work challenges. Yeah, there was definitely that, that underlying 
tension of like, wow, this better work, <laughs> you know, like this, we're really going for it. We just really felt strongly that this was something people would love and we could do something great with it. And we had validation around that. I think one of the bigger challenges early on was fundraising. So, you know, I, I'd done a lot of fundraising either on behalf of my own startups or helping other entrepreneurs. Yeah. Mostly in the, you know, mobile app or, or sort of web-based SaaS product space. When you're trying to fund a physical product with, you know, not a huge margin, you know, and build a brand from scratch around this one product to then have this larger vision, finding the type of investors that were excited about that was, took a lot of time. And when we found it, they got it immediately and we're in. But that, that, was, that was challenging in the beginning. So that was one challenge. And the other was, I think, you know, dealing with trying to launch this company, well, trying to launch the product on Kickstarter in 2020, which we had planned on doing in early March when the coronavirus sort of really came to the front here in the U.S. So we can talk about that if you want, but that, 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 those two are the biggest challenges, in my opinion. I would say also just, you know, the, the engineering of, of the product. We both, you mm -hmm. know, early on had a, a pretty synchronized vision of, of what it needed to be. If we knew it needed to be very high quality and, and very beautiful, but there's obviously a lot that goes into engineering of the physical product. And we're both relatively intelligent people who are into gadgets and stuff, but there's this whole other world of detail that you get into of, CAD drawings and oh well this makes sense uh, when you look at it this way but actually there's this tiny problem there just so many rounds of iteration and again just having to have that confidence that you're going to get to the solution even when sometimes it feels like oh my gosh we just solved one problem and we three more and we really weren't willing to compromise for like yeah it's pretty good you know we wanted it to be excellent and I think that's part of what's really validating to see in the response like one comment that stood out to me was oh my gosh, I got the ads for this. I thought it was too good to be true, but you thought, like, I think for both of us, that's, that's what we wanted to hear is that, you know, we did anticipate the problems and we solved for them, you know? And so that was a long process and, and you know, many in a lot of ways, but I'm really proud of how we worked through it. I think when people ask me what's been the biggest difference with like working on a consumer offering, that's a hardware product that goes to market, and, it, and a software as a SaaS business or any B2C play that's more software oriented is really, you know, the level of thoughtfulness you, you both put into this. Like time and time again, I come back to like, Vic, oh, how, how did it do so well? And I'm like, you know, the go-to-market strategy doesn't really matter if the thoughtfulness behind the product isn't really solid. And I would say when you go to the FAQs on the Kickstarter page, when you think about the questions that have been asked, almost within seconds, if not minutes, either of you have an answer. Like it's been thought of, right? Even if it's like, we don't have this, it's coming, or this is gonna be part of something, like it's already been thought of. And when I talk to people about, you know, the larger vision around conscious carry and talk about like how this will all fit together, I mean, the light bulb in a lot of people's heads is like, oh my gosh, you've already like planned this all out. And I'm like, yeah, to a certain degree, but. Sky and David have just been really thoughtful about how they assemble this. Like I, I kind of explain it as like, they've already thought about the bag in which everything goes and has its place, not, oh, this product, this product, and then we're gonna figure out how it all comes together. Sky, you were gonna say something. 
Oh, well, just, I will get to that. On that point, you know, really it comes back to all the conversations and contact we've had with potential customers for the last year. Like they're the ones saying, well, what about this? Or is there a larger oh, size? I like or, that. Tell us know, what they're saying that gives you so much confidence. Let's just jump to this. You're a challenger brand. You're going to take on these bigger players that have had success. Some starting out the same way you have in a similar way. Yeah. Get, tell me, tell me what people like, what gives you this confidence aside from your own belief that this is, this is going to happen. Well, I would say before the launch, it was, you know, wow, this is amazing. I need this, but you know, does it have this or can it have that? Or will it have this? Will you have this version? So we have a sense of like, people are really excited, but they just need one or two things from this product that maybe we hadn't thought about and created those. And then others, it was clear there were some insights like a 16 ounce cup and a 20 ounce, a 24 ounce bottle is a no brainer. That's one size up from what we have now. There's going to be a bunch of people that want that. So that has to be coming, right? Uh, we just know that right away. So there were certain things that that taught us. That Again, that really came from just talking to people, whether it was people that signed up for our email or people that answered a survey or, or people we know in person. We just learned all that. And then when we actually got this thing out there, maybe David, you can talk about this. Like what was some of the feedback and positive comments that gave you confidence? that we've been getting. I mean, certainly the one I just said, but you know, like we've got, you know, this is freaking genius. This has to be the coolest cup ever. Outstanding idea. You know, this looks awesome. I want this so bad now. I mean, just that kind of consumer fervor. Like, again, I kind of just geek out on consumer relationships and can't manufacture that excitement. People won't give it to you if they don't really feel that way. You know, I know that very deeply. And I know that it only takes us, if, if we're already finding enough of those people to comment on our Facebook ads about that, that means there's quite a few of them out there. And, and our, you know, mission or our, our job is to go out and find those people and bring them this product and, and make it even better. But the fact that we're already receiving that response is hugely encouraging. In the pre-launch, I would say one thing that was really validating for me was the team that we were able to build and the response, you know, like Vic, I really respect your opinion. You've been enthusiastic about it. That's helped you know, when, if you're, if you're getting, you know, doubting things or whatever to know that other people believe in it, we have a, a product designer, Dave Molina, who's amazing and has worked on, you know, award-winning products. And the first time we met with him, we walked him through the idea and he said, I, I think there's a sort of magic here. And to hear someone like Dave, who's seen so many good ideas, bad ideas, everything in between, have that kind of a response. We knew there was a seed of something valuable there and that we, you know, if we invested the, the work, we could get there. I think that's what we both believed and that that's kind of what sustained us. And, you know, it was a long journey and it didn't always look as promising as we would like. And we both have young families and, you know, but I think we both really believed in it. And I think we believe in each other, you know, and, and in that sense, having a partner, we're, we're both pretty hardworking people. And I think we both want to live up to each other's standards and our own standards. And that's been a, a pretty virtuous dynamic for us. So, so let's, let's run off this. You found an open pocket in the market and it's kind of like this wedge and you're seeing it open even wider. What, what's a piece of advice you might have for someone who is in your shoes, right? Has spent a year, maybe six months, and now all this chaos has come up and they're like, I don't know you guys were there too, right? We all, we all kind of went through it and we're like, whoa, what does this mean? Everyone went through that. So what's, what's your advice? And then also, I don't know if it's going to be the same or different. What's your advice for someone who's like, what do I do right now? Right? Because there are, you found a pocket, but maybe you can share a little bit about that. 
Well, are you talking a little bit about the coronavirus? Yeah, look, there's a lot of uncertainty and there's people all over the map, right? Yeah. And now with you guys in California and me in Georgia, we've definitely talked a lot about some of the differences, but what is your advice for just anybody out there who's like, I've got this idea, right? Like, I, I think it could be big, but man, there's a lot of uncertainty out there. What, what would be like the one thing that you would be like, just, just try this or do this because that's what's going to help you kind of get to that, take that next step. I would say, you know, stick to the, stick to the basics, talk to people, you know, understand the problems and the need for, and for a solution and the market opportunity for one, you know, uncertainty or not, you know, if there's, if there's tens of thousands of people who want a better way to, to solve something than the existing, op the existing options, right. You know, and you have that and you can prove that, you know, through validation that you've got the right one stick to it. You know, don't assume anything. We, we learned this lesson a month ago. We were all sitting around going, well, you know, there goes the reusables market. I guess single use is all you could do in a coffee shop. Oh, well, I guess it's over, you know? Okay. Let's take a step back, right? People want this 70% of people that drink coffee, drink it at home and take it with them. So they want a reusable cup. It's not just yeah. about the fear and the, the news and the one moment of the day letting it take over what you know to fundamentally be true, which is that people want this, you know? And so we just stuck to that. We had shot a video that was really about a lifestyle that you maybe can't access right now, but people understand that that lifestyle will come back some, in some form. And just knowing that, that, that we, we had something people wanted uh, helped us get through that phase, you know, and not, and not get swallowed up by that. Yeah, definitely. I, I would just add, I think, for me, when you're faced with a lot of uncertainty, it's great to lean into specifics as much as you can. And in our case, we had spent a lot of time thinking, like I said, about who's going to buy this? Why are they going to buy this? How does it fit into their lives? And so as Corona, I mean, obviously coronavirus is an unprecedented situation. None of us have a model to understand how it's going to impact the future, but we do know it's impacting different people in different ways. So we're really able to drill down and go, okay, the person who wanted this, are they still going to want it, you know? And, and we were able to get to a yes with a lot of those segments of people and, and reasons why they would want it. Like Sky said, it's, you know, a lot of people are going to, I mean, I'm a coffee geek. I make coffee at home all the time. And then when normally I'd be sitting in that office right behind Sky, you know, I like to bring it into the office, my good coffee in a nice vessel, you know? So for me, even if I can't use this at Starbucks right now, it's still very relevant. We knew that was true for a lot of our consumers. So if you are deep in the process, I think you just look at, yeah, who, who's your consumer and, and how is this impacting them specifically? Because obviously it's impacting everybody in, in very different ways. And, you know, for some businesses, you know, Disney plus, this was the best possible time they could have launched that product. You know, it's, they have 50 million subscribers right now. Obviously they didn't hope for this. It's impact impacting their other business lines negatively, but as a lot of people have pointed out, we're all in this together, but it's not impacting everyone the same way. So you need to understand who your consumers are, I, 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 would, I would echo that. I would say you have to talk to people. You have to really deeply understand your consumer, right? That customer profile really, really matters. And I remember early on, we talked a lot about digital nomads and we talked about college students and we talked about these, and it's been so surprising. And even early on, Sky, I think the way you even introduced it, you're like, a lot of women carry this, right? That was like the thing that you told me. And so I think some of these things will not change, but I, you gotta, you gotta talk to them, 
And I think the other thing that most people don't know that you guys have kind of omitted, and it's funny you've omitted this, is that there was a lot left on the cutting room floor. You guys yeah. took stuff away, you took stuff out, you would cut stuff out, you wouldn't, you'd in, entertain it, we would brainstorm, we would talk about it, you guys would mull over it, you'd go back to your vision and you'd cut it out. And I, and I think these are things that you can say, but these are very challenging things for people generally, right? Like stay focused, refine your vision, stay true to it, and then iterate as you get feedback. And, and you had so many conversations with people in real life where you took a prototype and you had a conversation with them, then you did it online with ads. And David, like the number of experiments that you all ran, like was really, really phenomenal, not only on the ad side, but also Sky, like on the product side, as you thought about like that straw, where was that gonna go? How was that gonna get put in? Mm -hmm. Things that we left on the cutting room table, like the idea around the coaster and how that was gonna look and whether that was gonna be a piece of technology even. There were just so, and then the loop and what that was gonna look like and was that gonna be part of it or not? So I, I think there's gonna be a lot of ways, not only for you to also evolve the product, but also other people to add to the offering to be like, hey, we've built this thing for the hitch. That's gonna happen. But I, I think that's really, really sound advice is talk to people, get the input, see if this is actually a, either A, a problem that they have that they wanna solve or to an opportunity that they're like, oh, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's, let's jump, let's switch gears for a second and let's talk about, you know, any, anything that, that you wanna add right now about either, like, let me, let me do this real quick. I wanted, to, I wanted to pop this up. If you go here and you go on, and we can launch some of this stuff here soon, but I was gonna share this. So you guys can see this, like we are surpassing, right? 200K, we're a weekend, 2,700. I'd love for you guys to talk about a little bit about, and, and if you wanna talk about something else before we get into this, it's totally fine, but I want you to talk about like the future. We've gotten a lot of interest from people who wanna purchase this. There's a lot of people who want additional products. There's a lot of companies that are interested in partnering with a brand like this. There's a lot of investors that have questions about this. I want to get into some of those topics, but anything else before we jump into that? One other, one other stat that I find cool, I'm, I'm a nerd for that stuff, is we, as of yesterday, we clicked into the top 1% of all Kickstarter campaigns ever by revenue. So we're eight days in, out of the 350,000 projects that have ever been launched on Kickstarter, we're in the top 1%. To me, that's really cool. I know we're going to continue climbing up that leaderboard, but yeah, it's just really amazing to see see the community coalescing around something we put a lot of work into. My gosh, my gosh, what, what a phenomenal community. I mean, they're, they're driven behind a mission. This is a movement, right? This conscious carry thing is really, like once we figure out what the naming, nomenclature of that, it's gonna be really, really impressive. So let's Sky, talk about, let's, let's from here a little bit. What's that? I was just, I think Sky could, uh, could talk to where to from here. Let's talk, so let's start with, we, what's the, what's, what are the most immediate next steps right now that are important? We've got 200,000 in backing over 2000. What's the immediate next step with regards to, cause we still have 22 days left. We're early in this cycle. So what do we, what's critical in the next 22 days? It's a good question. So yeah, there's sort of during campaign phase and then post campaign phase. And then during the campaign phase, it's really about getting people involved. So yeah, we can run some ads or whatever, but we, we've been getting a lot of interest from, you know, people that cover zero waste movement, 
you know, we were just featured in Tree Hugger, we're going to be in Habitat. Like, there's outlets that like this confluence of sustainability, design, and lifestyle. And so we just want to have as much engagement with those with those writers and more podcast hosts and, you know, uh, Instagram influencers as we can and just talk about what we're doing and get people excited. All right, we just want to get the word out. The, the other is the video that we made, <laughs> I encourage everyone to watch it. It's, we did something focusing on, on comedy in order to communicate what we, were, what we were doing, which is always risky, but we really felt strongly that it was, it was the way to go. And well and, received. Uh, the timing couldn't yeah. have been better. People needed that. I think people yeah. wanted to laugh. And so we, we've gotten great feedback on that video. Some people don't like, you know, resonate with it. That's fine. But for the most part, it's been great. And just want to share that video with people to give people a little bit of joy. So really focusing on those things, just getting as many people as we can involved and then engaging our backer community. So we've got, you know, 2000 something people on there, you know, giving them uh, more insight in what we're doing more chance to communicate with us, talk to us on the comments. We just introduced a referral program to, for them. So there's all kinds of things we're doing over the next few weeks to, to communicate and engage our backers. Anything to add to that, David? No, I mean, that's it. It's, I would say the campaign is a great example of just, you know, good old people. Like it's, it's time limited. You want to get as, as much backing as you can during the campaign. So you're just, we're always thinking creatively about, you know, how can we use our networks? We certainly send out, you know, with something like this, you have to be not afraid to just say, hey, this is what I've worked hard on for a year. Could you support me? You know, and, you know, a lot of people are, are to do that. So personal network and then kind of second third degree connections, all that stuff to take, you know, maximum advantage of the opportunity that we have during this time. And then obviously, you know, operationally, we're well on the way toward making an excellent product. That's really yeah. the next, you know, it's incredibly important to me to deliver a very high quality product on time to all these people that, that are, you know, pledging their support for us at the uncertain time. So that's an ultra high priority. Okay, let's move to the next topic, which is companies out there that have shown interest or are interested in partnering with Hitch, what does that look like right now? So if a, if a large company or a medium-sized company or a brand is like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm interested in engaging with Remaker Labs around this bottle, what does that look like today? David, do you uh, want to jump had a, Yeah, an interesting conversation with a, a major footwear company yesterday, I won't do, but we're very interested in that idea. And we're, you know, looking to, I think, basically roll out kind of a pilot program with a few select partners. They might be one of them where they would get a significant number of units and they, you know, potentially co-brand them, so put their logo on them. Uh, obviously, this mission that we've, we've crafted resonates with a lot of companies and a lot of people would like to say, hey, here's the product and by giving it to you, we're, we're kind of showing you that we believe in this mission too and it's a a lot of brands are looking to have more more storytelling to do around sustainability. So also it's just a, a product, you know, I think a lot of people, I mean, Vic, we've gotten reach out from conferences or, you know, SAG for new employees. There's there's lots of potential partners who would be excited to put this in their in their uh, partner's hands. So we're yeah, uh, I, I had the same thing. I, I had a I had a software company reach out and they're like, you know, part of our onboarding for all employees is they get a bottle from brand X. And he was like, I've got to share this with my facilities team because this looks like it's a, just a, a notch better in terms of what we stand for. So I, I, I agree. 
And I, I think, you know, we're going to be having more of those conversations over the next month. So that, that's super exciting. And, and I like the idea of limiting it right now just to a few partners. One, it gives us a sense of like who best to partner with. It continues to work with our ethos of this lean methodology. And two, we can see like what, it, how it resonates for, for these brands because yeah. we have a sense, right? And this is what, this is what I think everyone needs to hear. It's like, we have a sense. Now we've got to go out there and listen to these people and see what they have to say. And, and then we'll scale up from there. Talk about, you know, I've gotten a lot of these conversations. So talk about from an investor perspective, like what, and maybe I jumped the gun. Sky, did you want to say something? I would love to chat a little bit about climate related initiatives we have, but we can, we can come back to that if you want to. No, let's, let's jump into that. Let's jump into the climate related initiatives. Yeah, let's, oh, that's true. Let's, let's jump into that and then we'll come back to this other one. Just real quick, because it ties into some of the interest we are getting actually from other brands is because of that. Uh, and some, some isn't, but, but the, 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 the thing we knew from the beginning was that we wanted to be part of this movement that other companies are in to help fight climate change in some way or help restore ecosystems in some way. As we kind of developed the product, we started discovering a, a little bit more about single use paper cups and their you know, ecological footprint. And we're kind of like amazed by it. Like, you know, you can't recycle a paper cup pretty much because it has plastic lining on the inside. That's why it doesn't spill in your lap, right? Well, you can't recycle that. So they end up in the trash, like 300 billion cups a year in the trash. We log like a hundred million trees a year to make cups, which are used for like nine minutes and thrown away. Huge carbon footprint. Sort of seems silly. And the alternatives to it aren't great. And found that there was a lot of companies working to combat this. And so we said, hey, we're, our product, yeah, I suppose, you know, if you used it, you would sort of be using less cups. That's great. But can we go past that and actually take action with every purchase? So when you buy one of these, we're going to plant a tree with a one tree planted, who's our partner. We're also going to take 100 uh, plastic bottles that are bound for the ocean out through Plastic Bank, our other partner. In effect, oh, we're also uh, now carbon neutral. So in effect, we wanted to go beyond saying, you know, this product makes you more sustainable. Right? We wanted to actually say, we're going to do something too, because we want the benefit of buying this to be climate positive or net positive, which is to say, you know, we're actually going to do more than just not use more cups. We're going to plant trees uh, to fight climate change. We're going to take bottles of the ocean. So it's a partnership between brand and consumer. And together, we're going to do something about the, about the climate. That's really been resonating with people. You know, and other brands have reached out to us about that. So just wanted to bring that up. That was uh, not gimmicky. That's like part of our ethos. Yeah. You know, we don't think it's enough to like be neutral. We think if you can do it, you should be positive. So. Let's talk about the investment side. So we're, we're not in a position right now where, you know, we need cash, but as friends ask and investors ask, like, are you raising, <laughs> you're in a startup, you're always raising. So <laughs> even if you're not raising, you're raising. So let's talk a little bit about what you want investors to know at this time, given kind of what's already happened. We've already raised like, you know, a convertible note round that was very, you know, small number of people, but got us to this point. Now we've also got the backing. So that's also going to translate in very soon. So what, what's that conversation like? What do you want people to know? Well, you know, we put up, we put this, on Kickstarter to validate our premise, right? To see if we could get some sales and prove that this is something people wanted. And we got to our goal of 10,000 and like, how fast, how long did it take us to get there, David? Like an hour? 90 minutes. 
Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's just taken off. So we're like, okay, this thing is, this thing has a lot of room to grow even in the next couple of weeks, more than we thought. We just really want to build this product into a product line and then build a brand of products all about, you know, your daily carry, making it more sustainable. And we want to get ambitious with that. We want to build out our team. We want to grow past DTC, eventually get into retail. There's a lot of room for this thing to grow and we're really. And you've, and you've already thought about this, right? We've got a yeah. list of like five to 15 people that we want to go hire. We have a sense yeah. of, yep. Yeah, we, 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 we've always had a big vision and I think it's the opportunity to, to, to bring it into reality is happening faster than I think we, yeah. we maybe first thought. Yeah. But yeah, we, we've definitely sketched out how we want to get there. Yep. Um, and we're really, you know, and the market for reusables, just by the way, is, is massive. Like it's growing from like 15 billion to 22 billion a year by 2022. Maybe and faster uh, now with what's going on with coronavirus. I think that might just get accelerated. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's going to be very strong. And so we, we think there's a place in that market for sort of conscious brand like ours. There's a lot of high quality water bottles and cups in the market that are great. I have about five of them here in the office that used for years. But this brand with the design design language we're using with the product line and the materials and the focus on climate and the story we're telling, I just think there's a big a big opportunity for for a brand like that. And so great. we're just plowing forward and growing quick. I love it. I love it. Really, really appreciate you guys taking the time with everything going on just to jump on and, and, and chat. Before we go, anything either of you want to add? I've got, I've got my thing, but anything you guys want to add? I mean, I, I think I've said it, but I was just, I'm super grateful for everyone who's backing us and believed in us. And, you know, I know Kickstarter is, you're, you're taking a little bit of a bet on, on these people and their vision and can they do it? And it means a lot to me if anyone's willing to bet on us and those people that have, we're, we're going to uh, be working our butts off to deliver something really amazing to them, you know, and, and deliver on the promise of uh, what we have out there. Sounds good. What, Dick, what do you, what do you want to add? Well, what, what, one thing, do you have a bottle like around that you can show? Like this is real. Yeah, there we go. This is real. This isn't CGI. So uh, <laughs> This, yeah, not that good. This, yeah. Is, this is similar to the bottle in the video. It should be the same. Yeah, it's pretty similar. This yep. one is, uh, there you go. We have a, a couple of prototypes here, different qualities. They've all been through a lot of testing and video shoots. Yeah. Uh, so they, they you know, may have a little few scuffs on them, at least for now. Yeah. Uh, but you get the idea. This one is an older one that we have. The other one we have is, is not with me right now. But you can see it. There it is. You know, a cup. A cup so, and a bottle. And a bottle. It's all. It's all. It's all on the web page, yeah. uh, and we're really excited to to get to get some really beautiful production samples, which is something we'll be doing after the campaign, getting to that level. Excellent. After that, so my ask for everyone, if you're watching this, go to the Kickstarter. Go back the Kickstarter. We've been working hard for so long. It aligns with a lot of the way the world is going. There's over two thousand people that have found numerous reasons to believe. They love the design, they love the story. They're excited to get something like this in their hands. They want to have something that aesthetically matches what they have as they sit down to work, as they go to the gym, 
as they you know go out for coffee with their friends. And these days, I think a lot of people are going to want to get back out to nature and they want to carry this with them. And I've even had couples send me notes and they're like, you know, I'm going to carry the coffee while she carries the bottle and vice versa. Um, so, you know, there, there's a, don't watch the video. Like I would say, watch the video. It gives you a lot of sense. I just saw someone in, in the comments on this live stream just say, hey, I didn't really get it till I watched the video. Now I get it. I'm going to get one. So watch the video. We've had a lot of success with that also, I think over 20,000 views on the video on YouTube. Sky, are people watching it on Facebook too? Yeah, a lot of people are, are definitely watching it on Facebook. You can go check out our profile there. We also have it up on LinkedIn. If you look yeah. up Remaker Labs, look up Hitch on Facebook. On YouTube, we've got videos on a few channels there. So yeah. it's out there. But go to our Kickstarter page, watch the video. We think you'll enjoy it. And Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Vic. Thank you, Vic.